Amen. Well, we are going to be taking communion in a few minutes here. I wanted to share a couple of scriptures with you before we do that, and you can turn over to Acts chapter 20. I want to talk about the blessing of giving today. The blessing of giving. It is an exciting Sunday to uh, give our special missions contribution. We know that God is looking down and He is just excited about what we just did. The ability that we have to be able to contribute in places that we may never go to the gospel spreading, to the mission work. It's a pretty incredible thing that we get to be a part of here in the New York City Church. And so we just want to celebrate that today. It's been a fun service. What an amazing performance the, uh, the singers did with the oceans. Let's give them a hand. That was awesome. We had the keyboard. We had the guitar. That was great. Let that uh, not be the last time that we sing that one, okay, Greg? That was great. But it's been a fun service. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures together before we take our communion. And in Acts chapter 20, I want to pick up as Paul is in the middle of speaking to the elders of the Ephesian church. And he's saying goodbye to them. We'll start in verse 34. He says, You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and that the needs of my, and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And this is an interesting passage here from Paul. If you're reading in an old paper Bible, not the new digital version, this will be the red letters right here of Jesus in the book of Acts. And maybe if it's on your digital version, they'll be red too, depending on your translation. But this is unique because we're late in the book of Acts. Jesus has died and has resurrected and ascended. But here we get the words of Jesus quoted, and they're actually found nowhere in the Gospels. This was a quote of Jesus that Paul knew and that had been passed down but wasn't preserved in the Gospels. But we know that this idea that it's more blessed to give than to receive, that really matches up with Jesus' life, doesn't it? That's consistent with the teaching that he, he taught throughout his entire life. And this is the concept I wanted to talk about today, that it's more blessed to give than to receive as we set our hearts to take communion. I think it's easy to understand how we're blessed when we receive, right? We feel blessed when we receive, don't we? I know it was my birthday yesterday, and uh, I got a lot of... uh, Thank you. I I received a lot. I I got a lot of gifts. Some of the guys, we went out uh, to the driving range, and they took me out to dinner. That was encouraging. We spent some time with family. And, uh, of course, Tiffany, uh, Tiffany bought me a new grill. We moved in, and I, I got a grill. So now I've got to figure out how to cook with it. But, amen, it was an, uh, an encouraging day. I think it's easy to feel blessed when we receive. It's harder to feel blessed when we give. Jesus taught that as, as the higher teaching here. He says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Not only should we feel blessed, but we actually should feel more blessed. That we should understand that, It's even more of a blessing when we're able to give than when we receive something. This is an interesting time for us as we give because we're celebrating. It's a fun time together, a great service. But usually we give gifts in response to a celebration, don't we? Even thinking about, you know, birthdays. I don't exactly know what's being celebrated there for birthdays. I don't know if it's the survival of another year or if it's the anniversary of the birth. I'm not quite sure. Maybe that should be for a mom, then. You should give the gift to the mom for surviving the birth there. But 
I don't know, a graduation, that makes more sense. Giving a gift for a graduation, that's a celebration. An anniversary, maybe that's, you're celebrating, you know, you, you made it through one more year married to me. That's a good reason to give a gift. But today, we're, we're doing the opposite. We're celebrating in response to our giving. Right? Usually we give a gift in response to a celebration. There's usually a cause for celebration and we give a gift. But today, we're doing things backwards, kind of like Jesus taught us backwards here. It's a little counterintuitive. We're celebrating that we get to give because of this passage right here. Because Jesus says, it's a blessing when we get to give. It's a blessing to us. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We see Paul teach about this a little bit more. Chapter 9 and verse 12. Speaking to the Corinthians about giving, this comes shortly after the, the familiar passage of whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. But in verse 12, a little further down, Paul says, This service that you perform in giving is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And this is why we're celebrating today. You know, Paul says here that your gift, it's not just meeting needs, but it's actually creating thanksgiving in the church. And this is something that, again, we only get to see in these videos every once in a while, unless we get to visit some of these places. You know, we had a couple of brothers praying who are originally from places that we're supporting with our special missions contribution. That was encouraging. But we don't necessarily get to hear them pray these prayers. We don't get to hear them give the thanks that they give in their hearts to God for us. But this is part of the blessing right here. It's knowing that as we give money, our brothers and sisters around the world, they're praying to God for us. And isn't this so encouraging to think about that there are people hundreds and thousands of miles away who when they, when they receive these funds and it helps their church and they dream about the mission work that they can do because of it, they're going to pray to God and ask Him to bless us because we're doing this today. And obviously we're doing our part. They're doing their part, but we're just doing our part here by giving what God has blessed us with the ability to give. But this is part of the way that we get to celebrate is because we know this is a worldwide celebration, not just here in Long Island, not just here in New York, but the brothers and sisters all around the world are asking God to pour down His blessings on us. And they're singing and celebrating today because of the gift that we're able to give. Amen? This is the celebration. In Acts chapter 17, I think it's an important scripture to keep in mind when we start to give and when we talk about celebrating because the, the Bible teaches us that God doesn't need anything from us. And this is something that we've got to keep in mind as we're giving. You know, it can be easy to feel a little bit self-righteous when we give and to feel really good about ourselves for giving. And we should celebrate what we pledged and gave to God. But we have to remember that God doesn't need anything from us. There's a great need that our money is going to meet. But if God wanted to meet the need, He could do it however He wanted to if we didn't have the right heart today to give. In Acts 17, 
Paul says about God, he's not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. And the idea is that God doesn't need anything from us. It's incredible that he asks us to participate in this process, but if there's a financial need in order for the gospel to spread, God could get the money however he wanted. Right? We've seen in the Gospels, I know the men looked at this Scripture, and I think the women looked at this Scripture too this past week, of how Jesus needed to pay his taxes. And so he told Peter, go down to the water and throw your fishing pole in the water, catch a fish, and there's going to be a coin in its mouth. And that's our tax money. God could figure out how to reach these other places in Africa, in Haiti, in Jamaica, in upstate New York. He could meet the need if he wanted to. The way he wants to, though, is through us. He gives us an opportunity. Why? Because He wants us to be blessed by giving. Because He wants the churches to be blessed by receiving, but He wants to give us a chance to be blessed by giving, by sacrificing, by demonstrating our faith. You know, I love what J.C. shared last week. We had J.C. Smith, the the lead uh, minister, the evangelist there in Syracuse, come down and he preached about faith and he talked about how when we're tested, we need to do the right thing and then figure out the consequences. Think about the circumstances later. But if God calls us to move, we need to move first and not think about the circumstances first. This is when we're blessed by God. This is how God blesses us through our giving. Let's look at one last example in Philippians chapter 4. We'll look at another example of this in Philippians chapter 4. Paul's teaching the Philippian church again about giving. And he's talking about an ongoing gift that they had supplied for him while he was there, but also continued to supply. In verse 14, we'll pick up. He says, Yet it was good for you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. Now listen to what he says here. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I'm amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul is talking about a gift, a gift for missions here. Paul was a missionary, and similarly to what we're doing here, these churches had money to be able to support him. And so they financially gave to him, and he's bringing it up to them in their letter here because he wants them to get credit for it. That's how he phrased it. He says, not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. And that's an interesting concept to think about, isn't it? That as we give that there's an account in heaven. That God's keeping a record of our faith as we give, of our sacrifice as we give. He's looking at our hearts and saying, I am pleased that you gave. And we may not see the blessings that come now. We'll hear the encouragement. We'll we'll feel the prayers of our brothers and sisters. And we'll celebrate here and now. But the incredible blessing is that we get a credit in heaven because of our giving. That God is storing up riches of His glory in Christ Jesus is what Paul says. 
Think about that. Riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. What kind of riches does God have in store for us? It's an amazing thought. And as we get ready to take our communion together, as we reflect on giving and the blessing of giving, one of the many blessings of giving is that it helps us be like God. Look in Luke chapter 22 as we focus now on the cross. Luke chapter 22. In verse 14, Jesus on his last night gathered with his apostles. In verse 14, it says, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Jesus, on his last night, reminded us that God was the first giver. As we take communion now and think about Jesus and the sacrifice He made on the cross, we're blessed when we give because we're most like God when we give. God is the ultimate giver. He gave His Son, Jesus' life. Jesus knew, as He tells His apostles here, that He's going to suffer for them and ultimately for us. As we take the bread that they took, and as we take the fruit of the vine that they took, let's remember God, the ultimate giver, and how at this time we get to celebrate with God because we get to participate in giving in the same way that He did. Amen? Let's pray.